Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of My Naked Mindset. I'm your host, Janae Ledger, and this is episode number 32. Thank you for being here today. I hope you guys had a great holiday. Thanksgiving was this past week. And wow, 2021 Thanksgiving already done. I can't believe it. I really enjoyed my time with my family and seeing Tyler's family. It was very, very nice to see people and just enjoy the beautiful meal and just have nice company. So I hope yours was awesome as well. I have a very exciting week this week. I am getting my puppy in two days and I'm so excited. I'm flying down to Nashville. I know it's crazy. I think I probably have mentioned this in a previous episode, but flying down to Nashville to get her. I'm so thrilled. I can't wait to be a dog mom. I've been buying so many things for her. I mean, if I'm being honest, yes, she's already going to be spoiled and I'm totally fine with it. But I mean, it's December, so I've obviously been getting her Christmas stuff. I actually went to TJ Maxx last night and I got her a puppy stocking and I just like, I'm so excited to have a little furry dog running around our apartment. So very, very much looking forward to that. We did get a fake tree this year for Christmas. I always used to get real trees, but last year was kind of a shit show once the tree died. Uh, I kind of left it there for a little bit, which obviously wasn't intentional or on purpose. Like I just, it just kind of happened that way. And so when we went to go take the tree out, I'm sure you could all assume that the, the pine needles were just covered in my old apartment. Like I couldn't even believe how many pine needles fell off that tree. It was fucking insane. So I got a fake tree this year. Me and Tyler were like, you know what? We're not going to do that again. It was so messy. I still find pine needles in my rug from my old apartment, even with moving and vacuuming it about a million times. I still find them to this day and it's almost been a year later. So we decided let's just get a fake tree. And so we did. And you know what? It was, it's, I think it was a good decision. I mean, whatever floats your boat, real tree, fake tree, I love the smell of real trees, but the mess, I just, I, I couldn't deal with it. So fake tree it is. It's nice that we'll have it for, I mean, however long, you know, it lasts, I guess. And also, funny story. So when we ordered it, got it in the mail, and obviously we didn't really open it right away because we were like, oh, we're just going to, you know, decorate right after Thanksgiving. So a couple days ago on Sunday... Me and Tyler went to go open it, and we were like, where's the stand? And I was like, it has to be in, like, the bushes, you know, the the needles, like the, I don't even know, the sections or whatever. I was like, oh, they're probably, like, it's probably stuffed in there somehow. Oh, no, we took out all of the branch things and no stand. So we were like, great. So we truck it to Walmart. And we get up to the counter and they're like, oh, well, you're going to have to send it back because it was from uh, Walmart Marketplace or whatever. And I was like, are you effing kidding me? She's like, oh, but you can go check if there's like another, you know, another one you like and you could return this one. I'm just like, that sounds really annoying. So we go over to the home garden section of Walmart 
And lo and behold, they sell stands for artificial trees. And oh my God, I was so thankful. I was like, thank the Lord. Because first of all, I was so excited to decorate the tree. And second of all, I did not want to ship that thing back to wherever it came from. I was like, I don't got time for that. That's a huge box. Like it probably would have cost a lot of money. I was like, I can't do that. So thank God. Decorated the tree. Looks great. Definitely, Tyler was like, it looks so empty. And I'm like, yeah, but we've put the ornaments on it and stuff. So, looks great. Got all my Christmas decorations up. Love it. Great. Perfect. Again, I went to TJ Maxx and Home Goods last night and I had a grand old time. They have a lot of good shit right now, man. But that place is packed. Like, I had my carriage, cart, whatever the hell you want to call it. I couldn't even get through some of the aisles because that place was freaking packed. Like, those workers were freaking hustling, man. Like, they probably just get shipments and shipments and shipments of new shit, like, constantly. Because that place was jam-packed. Like, I could go through an aisle and look at everything and then, like, go through the aisle again. And I would still find things that I didn't see the first time because there was just that many, that, that much stuff, so... If you need some, you know, gift stuff, definitely recommend going to TJ Maxx, Home Goods, Marshalls, whatever is near you. So fun stuff. If you need some gift ideas, I did a podcast. When was that? That was episode number 29. Yes, 29. Gift giving episode. If you need some, you know, tips if you need some ideas for everyone on your list, definitely check that out. Um, I, I definitely hope that I, you know, encouraged or motivated or inspired you guys for some gift giving for this holiday season. Um, so I hope you enjoyed that episode. Definitely um, connect with me on Instagram and TikTok. I need to get on there more. Um, and definitely Twitter as well at my naked mindset. Um, so one more thing before we get into the topic today, I do have new merch, my naked mindset logo magnets. They're super cute. I mean, give it as a gift to someone and be like, Hey, here's Janae's podcast. Go listen. Um, definitely appreciate everyone who has ordered stuff. I honestly appreciate it so so much and I'm so thankful for everyone that's been supportive of me and my podcast and this whole journey and I really do appreciate it and yeah magnets they're five bucks message me if you'd like to order one I do have a form on my Instagram bio once you click that it brings you to um, a link that says merch form if you fill that out with your info I will ship you Um, a magnet or sticker. I do have a few stickers left as well. So definitely get your orders in. And I do accept payments on Venmo, Cash App, Apple Pay, or PayPal. So definitely get yours while they last. And I know I've mentioned this before, but me and my designer slash BFF Sam are actually designing t-shirts and other types of merch. So if you want something specific or you want, you know, a phrase or something wild that I say, like, definitely let me know because I want some ideas and, you know, what you guys kind of like 
So can't wait to see your merch and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. All right, everyone. I have a very special guest today. She is the author of Real Love. Everyone, please welcome Ira. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you today. And I am excited to be here. Thank you so much for joining today. So I can't wait to just deep dive into everything about your book and your background and everything. So let's just start out by I want to know, like, what's your career background um, and how did you get started? Okay. Well, a lot of people always want to know, how did you end up being a writer? And um, I'm older now, but over 30 years ago, I wanted to be a writer. I was a mom at home for a couple of years with a small child, my last small child. And I gave a stab then, but it was the 90s. And at that time, it was very hard to break into writing and publishing. Mm -hmm. And I really wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready for the amount of work that it is and the time that it takes. So I put it on a back burner and I actually ended up through a series of synchronicities and dreams selling real estate. going to real estate school, becoming a real estate agent. And I knocked it out of the park. I was like rookie of the year, my first year. And the funny thing about this is that it's something I never wanted to do. I I didn't want anything to do with selling or being a real estate agent. But I took to it and um, my husband gave me a lot of encouragement and I made a lot of money. I ended up owning my own brokerage and um, left that around 2010. Okay. Yeah, around 2010. And from there, I just sort of drifted. I had a couple of internet companies. I sewed things on Amazon, my own website. I made some money, but not enough to make a living. Mm -hmm. And... um, I still don't make enough to make a living, (laughs) but that's another story. The point is, um, I was fortunate enough to be put into a position where my husband could retire. He could support us. I guess I'm what you call retired, but I work all the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I just started writing. And initially it was stuff I needed to get out of me. You know? Yes stuff I needed to get out of me. And I think every writer has that. And whether they choose to publish it or not is another question, you know, whether you can put it into something that's cohesive or not. And uh, then after a while, I um, really didn't know where I was going with the writing. And I, I sort of became motivated by this whole Jeffrey Epstein thing to do a podcast because I am a sexual abuse survivor and um, had been trafficked at a young age. So it just kind of got in my blood and I started doing my own podcast. Now, right now, I I don't know how many episodes I have, maybe 36 or so, but I haven't done a podcast for a while because simply because my mind is shifted now in another direction I've finished five nonfiction books and I'm ready to move on to fiction. I'm ready to start, 
you know, making up stories instead of the true stuff. Wow. That is, that's very inspiring. And it's so cool. Like, I feel like everyone has their own story, you know, like some people, you know, go from a completely different career path, you know, when they first start their career and then they, you know, maneuver and, and find out what their true passion is. And it sounds like, you know, writing is definitely one of your passions. I saw on your website, you do so many different things, which I'm so intrigued by, and I can't wait to hear more about it. Um, I did read some of your books so far. I'm still getting into it, but it is, it's honestly amazing. I was so inspired. I was so like engulfed in it. And I was just like, oh my, like you have so much great knowledge and just the descriptions and the descriptiveness is just very impressive. Um, And it really, yeah. And it really made me kind of even like reflect, you know, my life and my, you know, things that I've been through. And I'm sure like a lot of your, um, you know, readers have, have, you know, acknowledged the same thing of, you know, oh, I've been through this and, and some of the things that you write and, you know, the questions that you ask. And so it was super, super interesting. So let me ask you this. What was like your motivation for writing real love? Well, it, it was something that had just tumbled around in my mind for a long time because I saw so many people struggling. They wanted to have a really great, meaningful relationship that they felt was safe, committed, um, the right one for them. But I saw them going about everything the, the wrong way. And when I say this, I will not name names, but it was pointed at young women I know. We'll say mm-hmm. it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a lot of times as an older woman now, um, I remember being young. I remember needing to make my mistakes. And sometimes we do. Right. You can't always just pull someone aside and say, here's what you need to do because they're not ready. They're not in the right frame of mind or have the even enough knowledge yet to say, oh, well, you're stupid or, you know, that's ridiculous. That would be probably their response. So I know from being older and people needing to you know, get out there and and get hurt a little bit and get bruised and beat up that there comes a point when they're ready for the information. And I just felt like I need to put what I know in this book. Right. And sometimes I felt like it was beyond what I knew. It was guided. You know, it was, you need to, I would have a thought, you know, out of nowhere, you need to put this in, you need to put this in. And to a degree, writing any book is like that. But with that one in particular, I felt pretty much guided about the whole concept of the love and and what it can mean to each of us in our lives. Because we come into this world wanting to be taken care of. Right. And we can mistake that for love. We need love. We need our needs taken care of, but we can mistake all of that for love. So we have to be careful and really think about things. Yes, I totally agree. And I did love some, like I wrote some things down that I read in your book. So I'm just going to share some, some things with the listeners. Um, 
one thing that you wrote, I just, I thought was so just initially just like, wow, that makes sense. You know, um, difficulty in letting go of a relationship when your needs aren't being met less about love and more about fear. So let's get into that. Like, let's just kind of like break that down a little bit because I, I, you know, I've been through many, many different relationships and I feel like each relationship that anyone has, you learn something different, you know, maybe you realize, oh, hey, this person really gives me my love language or, you know, this person really um, cares for my needs and really listens to me. And I feel like so many people, sometimes they don't recognize that until you kind of step back from the relationship and like you look at it and you're like, oh yeah, okay. You, you kind of reflect on your own relationships. Um, so what is your opinion on like, you know, love over fear? Like, let's get into a little bit of that. Okay. Well, this is something that comes up all the time because Many times people are ready to split up and go separate ways, but they don't because of what they're afraid they're going to lose. Mm -hmm. And it's just a fear of being alone can be part of it. It can be missing out on the two or three things that that relationship with that person did provide. I mean, I've known situations where people stay connected and they're really just sexual right because they don't want to lose that part of what they're enjoying together and i i get that you know um however no matter what the reason is that people are together when they know it's not working they know it's not going to work long term that's what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. is this fear factor of what's on the other side and what if it's nothing? And what if I never find that again? The problem is until you're willing to let go of that rope and, and dive and, and, and fall into the river, you're not going to go down the waterfall and, and find something else. You're just not right. When you're, when you're holding on, you're holding that vibration of that other person with you. And it almost prevents you, even when you're not with them, you know, you could be out anywhere. It prevents you from doing anything but attracting someone else just like them. Yes. That's easy to do. That is. You, can, you can be with that person you're not willing to let go of and find someone else, but you get into that relationships and, and, and three or four months down the road, you're like, oh my gosh, they're just like he was, or they're just like, she was." you know what I'm saying? And the reason for that is because you didn't take that little in-between period to learn and do some self-examination to change things that you would like to change about yourself. Because we all attract where we're resonating you know right I used to tell my husband because we met later in life and we both used to tell each other because we were wild when we were younger right (laughs) he was he was almost like a rock star you know and I was uh I don't know what I was but I was crazy (laughs) (laughs) I love it I mean we grew up in the 70s people did whatever they wanted you know yeah 
That's awesome. And, I wish I was born. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it was before AIDS, you know. Right. But um, I told him many times, you know, if I had met you earlier in life, it just wouldn't have worked out. We might have right. hooked up, but it would have never worked out into the long term thing that we have. So it was like we had to both be ready for each other. Definitely. Timing, I think it's important. And some it people, is. Some it, people, it really is. I've heard of people saying like, oh, you know, the timing's not right. And, but if I'm the right person, you know, the timing shouldn't matter. But I almost disagree with that um, only because it's like, yes, you can meet someone and they're great. But if, if you're not in the same, you know, frame of mind and, and if you love yourself and you're, you know, very comfortable and confident in yourself, um, you know, and that person might not be, it, it probably is not going to work. And that's, that's something I think a lot of people have to kind of trial and error, if you will. Um, you know, just from my experiences and, you know, friends that I've seen happen that happen to them. But mm-hmm. I think that timing is a huge impact on, you know, if something's going to work out. Right. And again, <clears throat> I want to qualify what I said earlier, and I hope I answered your question well enough. But if I didn't, we can revisit it. But when I say that you attract where you are, where your your mind, your body, your spirit resonates, what I mean by that is that that is what you're most likely to attract based on the, the best version of yourself that you're trying to cultivate. Not a fake version of yourself, but the best version that you can be. And this is a conundrum in every social situation because anytime you walk out of your home, you're trying to, you know, to go somewhere social, you're trying to look your best. Right. You're trying to be your best. But it's getting down to that raw self. Who is that raw self? And that takes a lot of self-examination. Now, there are, there are some, and I know you've probably gotten to a little bit of this in the book. There are some that love to prey upon others. And right. your, your description a moment ago of, you know, they may not be as mature emotionally or whatever. Definitely, they're not. Um, but, but more than that, they've got the needy feelers out. I need you to make me happy. I need you to, you're, you're, you're positive. So I need you to make me positive. And that's always a recipe for disaster for both parties, because the positive person, they keep giving and giving and giving. And then they reach this point where they're, they're fed up and they get mad and they become everything that was not positive, you know, exactly. And they unleash in that manner on the other person. And then the other person's like, wait, I thought you were Mr. and Mrs. Positive, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So there are many dynamics that go on when we just go to meet someone that I hope that the book sort of starts to break that down so that let's say your friend, she goes out and she's, wanting to meet someone to be serious about let's say that 
She definitely doesn't go home with that person that night. She maybe gets their contact information, they get hers, and she talks with them over the next week on the internet or whatever and gets to know them a little bit better. That's mm-hmm. the time when she's reevaluating things. She's she's looking at herself, she's looking at them, she's looking at for p- potential problems. And she's also looking for potential things that are not problems, that are wonderful things that they have between the two of them. She's weighing that, in other words. Like, I guess the, the biggest thing, and this, this, this sounds hypocritical from someone from the 70s, but, you know, as an older woman, I'm just like, hey, put the brakes on, slow down. Right. Don't get hooked up so fast, you know, physically. Right, yes. I, I'm a firm believer in that because I feel it's, like it's hard. It's hard, you know, right. It's like, it is, it is important, but at the same time, it's like, there's so many other things you can learn about a person before, you know, you kind of get intimate in my, in my opinion. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of my listeners have, you know, we've all been, we've all had that experience of, you know, hooking up too fast or going too fast. And then you're like, oh no, we need to pump the brakes and kind of slow it down. And I feel like if you're in a good place, you know, in yourself, you love yourself, you're confident, you know, you know yourself, know thyself, I feel like is so, so important. And then I feel like you, you know, would be really ready for a relationship. Um, I feel like there's so many other aspects that go into that, definitely. But I feel like just knowing yourself is, is just so important. And actually, another comment in your book was, loving yourself before you get in a relationship. And, and I feel like that's, that's something I've definitely learned over the years. And when you were saying um, earlier about just like really embracing, you know, loving yourself and and just being honest with yourself Um, because, you know, as you, as you grow and as you learn more about yourself, you're going to learn like, okay, you know, that relationship, you know, it's not really doing anything for me. My, my needs aren't being met. Um, and I need to be fulfilled in that area. And, and it's just not really working out. So I guess another aspect of that is just, you know, being communicative and really understanding that I need to communicate, you know, these are the needs that, you know, are, are kind of struggling right now. And I'm, I'm not really getting that. Um, but what would you, I guess, what would be your best advice to someone, um, that's not getting their needs fulfilled? If someone was in a relationship with someone and their needs weren't being fulfilled, what, what advice would you give that person? Well, I would be honest with them as gently as possible. Often this can get into areas where people either their feelings can be hurt easily or they become defensive. Right. You go to talk with them and they're very defensive about it and maybe even turning the blame on you. And this makes it difficult to have the conversation. But I think I probably mentioned in that book ways to communicate that can be more effective, such as instead of you saying to a partner, I don't feel that you are affectionate enough with me. I don't feel that you hug me enough or you kiss me enough, you know, that sort of thing. 
you might say to them, evidently I have high needs for affection. Mm -hmm. What can we do to up the game here? You know? And that, that poses it more as, as a question to them. Right. Not a talent. If you, you, right, right. So, you know, in, in that respect, knowing how to communicate can be important and just really, I'm not saying tiptoe all all around the other person because you have to get your needs met. Right. But what I'm saying is just be more, I don't know, graceful about how you enter the conversation. Yeah, no, that's really good advice. I like that because I think your delivery on how you approach something like that is is so important and so key because like you were saying, you don't want to kind of put play the blame game, but you also, you know, want to share, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. You know, what can, I like that propose it in a question, like, how can we, you know, make this better? How can we resolve this? Um, I think that's a, that's a super nice way to approach that situation. Um, now, let me ask you this. How long, cause I'm very, very curious about this. How long, and like, I guess the time span of creating this book, did you, did you kind of write things here and there? Did you write it, you know, in like a couple years or like walk me through like your process of creating this beautiful book? Um, this book came about probably faster than all the others. Okay. Like my first book that I wrote was a memoir and it was painful. It was written down on lots of different pieces of paper and notebooks and binders and eventually typed into word, you know, and, and then put together into something that was cohesive. And that took me at least a couple years. Okay. This book came together. I'd say I would, I had been making notes randomly for about six months, but the writing of the book, it it, it occurred in 30 days. Wow. Wow. I actually w- was on a deadline with it and I just knocked it out and wow, just did it. That's impressive. But I had a lot of notes that I'd been keeping. Yes. That's cool. So funny story. I actually, you know, I was in the dating world for, I don't even know, three to four years on and off um, on dating apps and all of the things and, you know, just trying to find my person really. And I had been on so many crazy dates and I originally wanted to write a book. Um, So I actually wrote down all of my dates from the past, like two or three years. And I would just write like little notes about them. Cause I always knew, like, I I didn't know if I was going to write a book. And then I always listen to podcasts. So I was like, you know what? Why don't I just, just make a podcast? Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have a blog back in the day, but I just, I kind of lost track of it. Um, and I kind of found my passion really in podcasting and just, just communicating with people and just learning about people's backgrounds and um, connecting with all sorts of people. So I think it's super cool that you just, you kind of, you know, you knew your passion and you kind of just ran with it. I think that's, that's so, so cool. Um, but anyways, so back to the book, I have a few more things that I loved. So one of them being, 
Willing to reject what we determined is not going to work instead of trying to make it work. So let's get into that comment because I think that that is so important. And I feel like a lot of people, um, you know, from my experiences, you know, with my parents, for, for an example, my parents stayed together because of the kids. You know, I hear that a lot. Um, and I think that's only one small example of it. But I think a lot of people, you know, they're in a relationship, they're not happy, you know, it hasn't been going well for a very long time. And, and I think, you know, when people get into those sort of situations, and they find themselves, you know, miserable, and it's like, and it's so hard, because it's like, you just want to see that person happy. And, and I think, when you, when you're able to step back from it and kind of reflect, it's like, you know, maybe I should have done this, or maybe I should have left sooner, or maybe, you know, we could have went to counseling or whatever. Um, so let's get into that. I'm curious, like what your, you know, what your thoughts are and, and when something is not working, like, do we, do we keep working it out or do we kind of just, you know, separate and move away from each other? Right. And it's going to be different for every situation. Right. Sometimes we can go through hard patches together in a relationship. Definitely. So especially if you have a legal binding thing like marriage, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be quick to throw it away. I would explore other options such as the counseling such as, um, oh, I don't know, what is there beyond counseling? Well, maybe a, a partial separation. Now, right. Let's take it. Let's take a couple that maybe they live in a house that's large enough that they can still cohabitate together, but maintain some distance for a while. That might be something to do while they both reflect on things. Yeah. Um, or it might be a situation where one of them needs to take a little vacation. Yeah. Solo vacation. (laughs) Yeah. And I think all of those things should be explored before just throwing away an entire marriage. I agree. I was in a relationship where we never got married, but it lasted almost 11 years. Oh, wow. And it was me trying to fit a square into a round hole. Mm -hmm. So I kept thinking if I changed, he would change. Or if I did this, he would do that. Right. And when you see that going on in any relationship, married or not, let it be a warning that you just, you can't remake that person. Now I was much younger then. And I think that I sort of fell into the fairy tale of beauty and the beast, thinking that I could tame that beast and make him different. Right. That if I was just more of something, whatever that was that day or that week, that I would be able to Get him past this and help him. Mm-hmm. He need a lot of help. Yes, that's that's a tough situation to be in too. So sometimes if you look at the other person and you think, wow, 
this, this, these, you know, they say opposites attract. And sometimes opposite features can be attracting, but right. when they're too vastly different, when your values are different, when your way of looking at life is different, and that person is ultimately dragging you down by staying in the relationship, you need to get out. Yes. And that's, that brings us back to the fear factor because, yeah, you know, oh boy, what about what? Believe me, I have experienced every fear I think that you could. What if he steals my children? What if he comes in the middle of the night and kills me? I, I mean, and I've been threatened these things too. Uh, oh. What if um, uh, I lose everything I've got financially, you know? Right. I have faced every one of those fears and they're hard, but it so comes hard. back to you have to respect yourself enough to say, no more. 100%. Yes. And I think knowing your strength too, I'm sure like, it sounds like you this have- This is where you build your strength. This right. is where strength is built. Yeah. Is when you have to make those hard choices, you may right. not feel strong enough, but almost everyone, hopefully, has a network of buddies or girlfriends or coworkers, a relative, They've got somebody that's already been saying, you need to do something different. You need right. to do something different. That person's going to be your lifeline while you do something different. And I'll tell you, my girlfriends, they were very forgiving with me because over those 11 years, I did break up with him several times, yep. but we were back and forth and back and forth. So that's an important element to look at. If you're going back and forth and it didn't work out before, it could, it might, but it's right. unlikely. Yes, it's unlikely. I agree. You know, you go through your hard times, but, you know, try your hardest to work through it and, and do what, you know, we mentioned a few things like counseling and, and being separated for a little while, you know, in the house. Um, I think you know, whatever it takes to, to either figure it out or realize, you know what, this is, this is not, if you're not genuinely happy with yourself and, and if you're trying to change that person or, you know, what have you, I feel like it's, it's kind of a tough situation to be in, but I think your, your own happiness and your own, you know, well-being is obviously the most important. Um, what was the next thing that I was going to say? Oh, and then you can't fake it for too long. I loved that comment in your book. I was like, that is so true that you can only, you know, fake it for a certain amount of time because you know what, if it's not right and you're, you know, putting on a facade or like trying to please them and you're not really like, you're not really into whatever it is, you know, that's going to really show. And, and I think being your true raw self, like from the start is so important, no matter how nervous you are, no matter, you know, what the situation entails. Like I always think, be honest, be, be your true self from the start. That way you can't, you don't have to, you know, back up. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do know what you're saying. I mean, thank goodness we do live in a world now, at least most of the Western world, where we can choose who we partner with. Yes. And 
you know, there are many parts of the world where you can't, where right. it's chosen for you. Right. So what you're saying with, with being real is really important because it's almost not fair to the other person for you mm -hmm. to find out, oh, oh, you really didn't like my vegetarian cooking? Right. You were just pretending, you know, or you really didn't didn't want to be this or you don't really like doing that, but you've just been going and doing it with me. Yes. So it shows a level of honesty to oneself and a respect and honesty to the other person when if they ask us if we like, you know, fried eggs, we just say no. I, I never right. eat fried eggs. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good example. I love that. And setting limits and boundaries, I think, is huge too. Um, oh, yeah. I actually wrote that in the book as well. And I actually did an episode with this woman in Australia, actually, um, about setting boundaries and just um, respecting those boundaries and kind of how to set boundaries with everyone in your life. And that's a huge factor that actually some of my friends have come to me and be like, and been like, you know, how do I, how do I approach this? And, um, you know, this boundary is not being respected. And how can I, you know, how can I let that person know that, you know, this is not okay. I'm setting my boundary with you. And, and if it's not respected, then, you know, this is not, this relationship is not going to work. And that can be friendships, relationships, family members. I think setting boundaries with everyone in your life is so, so important. Oh, Yeah. I'll tell you, right now, with with what we have going on, on in the world and everyone, so right. one side or the other, you know, mm -hmm. there was supposed to be a, at my Thanksgiving celebration, there, there was, you know, no talking politics, no talking any of that stuff, yeah. you know. Unfortunately, a couple of them did and they got into it. Oh no. Not physically, but you know, right. Right. Harsh words. And I hated that because I felt like it, it put a big damper on everything, but mm -hmm. at least we know where they both stand. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> at least we know and they can go on from there, but um, boundaries are important because they're the, they're the lines in the sand that people are not supposed to cross. Exactly. And we do need them with family. What do we do when people don't respect them? Don't, don't act like they don't matter. We have to disengage from them for a while. Usually. Definitely. You know, I've had to do that with various people, just kind of walk away from it. And now if you're in a love relationship, that's more difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, that's much more difficult. Definitely. Yeah. Having that tough conversation and, and just being like, look, like this is a big deal and, and it needs to be respected or else, you know, I don't right. Really but don't, don't you think that this whole concept though of love of people being able to love themselves and look forward to loving relationships with others and cultivating that and knowing how to do so is an important part of us moving forward in the world right now. I mean, I do. And I would say that that also was a big impetus for me to write this book. Wow. 
That is powerful. That really is. I mean, just... but, it, but it's true. You know, it's just, yeah. we live at a time when love is something that's a lot of people are beginning to think, well, that's an enigma. I can't have that, but you can, right. you can. They can have it. 100%. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Um, do you believe in love at first sight? <laughs> Random question. Um, <laughs> not really, um, <laughs> but sort of, and I know that's not a good answer. No, that's okay. I believe in attraction at first sight. Yes, me too. I believe that, you know, I'm here resonating as this person and I'm attracted to you because you're resonating over there and we've got some kind of vibe invisible going on between us that means we need to get to know each other more. Right. But is that love? No, it's, it's an exploratory feeling that you need to get to know this person more and it could lead to love. I like that. That is very, that's a good explanation for sure. Um, so let's do a couple listener questions. Um, so someone asked advice to someone that's in the wrong relationship and they know. What to do. Yes. Yeah. What to do. Okay. Well, I always tell people, depending on, you know, what the situation is, number one, you need to be safe. If you are fearful of ending that relationship because you're afraid of some sort of physical retaliation from the other party, you need to start getting things lined up. And what I mean by that is, first of all, you may need to go get a counselor yourself so that you have that support. You may need to reach out to friends, family, other people, that could serve as a safe place for you to go if you needed to. So the first thing is to be safe. Now, yeah. if, if that's not the issue, I would say you have to figure out why you're staying. You have to figure out, one of the things I remember that I put in the book about a, a, a good relationship, a long lasting relationship is there must be joy. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that there has to be joy all the time. There won't be, right. but it has to outweigh the bad times and the weight of the bad times. So I'll clarify that real, real quickly. In a domestic abuse situation, the gravity of the abuse, whether it be verbal, physical, mental, whatever, the gravity of it weighs so heavily on the abused person that 10 days of joy are not going to outweigh one day of hell. Yeah. But many times the abused partner, they feel like, oh, well, that just happened on Sunday and now we're well into the month and he said he would change or she said she would change and nothing has happened and we're doing fine. Right. Until that next incident. So the gravity of the situation where it comes to joy should be more joy than more arguments. And of course, 
I don't condone arguments ever being physical, you know, where anyone's getting hurt verbally, then, you know, it shouldn't be an attacking situation. But if someone wants to know out there how to do it, I would say make a plan. Make a plan. Make a plan. If it's, it, yeah, if, if it's a financial issue, which many times it is, right. you know, especially today, people are relying on those two incomes they put together. Definitely. You might have to downsize. You might have to do something different. You might have to take in a roommate. You might have to right. um, just do something to supplement things so that you're not under that person's control stuck in the relationship because they they're like saying oh you're under my thumb you you can't get by without me you find Mm -hmm. a way to get by without them definitely that's good advice make a plan i love that yeah really really good um all right so next question is as a child did you ever think that you would write books um no no? (laughs) not really no 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 um I liked reading I liked stories I wanted to be a movie star when I was little oh I love that I went to to dance classes and you know all these kinds of things I wanted to be a movie star unfortunately that didn't happen or fortunately you know (laughs) I really love my life I love where it is what I'm doing but the thing I like the most about it is that all of these books the podcast everything I'm doing just like you I feel like I'm I'm living out part of my purpose and yes that gives me an inner fulfillment because if I you know live 20 more years and I feel like I didn't fulfill my purpose I'm going to be really pissed off at myself you know right right so living my purpose, whether, you know, I make a little money at it or a lot, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Enjoying yourself and doing what you, you know, what you're passionate about. I feel like that's right. And, and feeling like you're important. contributing, you know, yes, whatever way that is. Definitely. I love that. That's, that's, and that's motivating too. Like, Cause I, I know some people, you know, they go through college and they get in their career and they're like, I don't really like this, you know? And, and I think starting over is okay too. Um, you know, I, I started in the fashion industry and now I'm in like a completely different industry, but I still, I still enjoy what I do. And I think no matter how old you are, I think you should be passionate and you should, you know, find your purpose because yeah. You don't want to be miserable every day going to your job. You should be, you know, at least a little excited, you know, like, Hey, I get to, I get to do this and I get to be fulfilled with, you know, doing this job. And, and even if it's your coworkers, you look forward to seeing your coworkers every day. Like as long as it's something small and you feel fulfilled and, and, and passionate and you find your purpose, I feel like that's, that's the American dream. I think really. Well, it is. And, and really, it's, it should be everyone's dream, you know, because everybody has different gifts to offer. And definitely, but no, as a child, I, I didn't see myself writing. I loved stories. I loved storytelling. Yeah. Um, and now I find myself stuck in this fiction writing. And I say stuck because some days I'm literally stuck. I'm like, oh, 
<laughs> where am I going with this? What are, what are we doing now? You know? And uh, I realized something about myself. It's like when I had to say, well, why am I doing this? Why am I even working on this project? It seems that every project I take on, it has to have some greater meaning. It has to yeah. have something deeper at the core of it. It, I can't just do fluff right. you know, and have fun with it. I, I can't do it. Yeah. So sometimes when you're working on things like this that do have the greater meaning, they're hard. They're very hard, you know. Mm-hmm. And the love book that you're talking about came easy. You know, I wish they all came that awesome. easy. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, it's a great book and I, I really, I hope some of my listeners will definitely read it because I'm telling you guys, it's a good one. <laughs> well, and it's, it's available in, you know, paperback, uh, ebook or audio, the audio book. Awesome. So, you know, I know a lot of people listening to podcasts, they listen to audio books as well mm-hmm. while they're busy driving, doing things. Right. I love that. Um, Okay, so it's game time. Are you ready? I am. Okay, so this is called this or that. So you just get to choose one thing or the other. All right, so the first one is sweet or savory. Hmm. I'm going to say savory. It would, seems like it would be longer lasting. Yes, love it. The next one's pizza or pasta? Pizza. I can choose my own toppings. Yes. I love pizza. It's my favorite. (laughs) Um, If you could only have vegetables for the rest of your life or only fruit for the rest of of your life, which one would you choose? Probably fruit. Fruit. Love it. Would you rather have a personal chef or a personal driver? Definitely the chef. Definitely. (laughs) I love it. Um, Would you rather be able to create a new holiday or create a new language? Ooh. I've always thought of music, the tones, as a a universal language. I've always thought it would be cool if people spoke like they were singing and everyone knew what each tone meant. Yes. So I would say a language. Love it. That's cool. I like that perspective too. Um, would you rather be able to direct a movie or direct a music video? Oh gosh, I would feel, I'd probably choose the music video first because a movie is long and that would be a very long-term committed project. Yes, that is very true. Would you rather live in space or live in the sea? Oh, there's a little mermaid in me. I'll take the sea. (laughs) I love it. That's great. Um, Do you prefer online shopping or in-person shopping? Oh, I like both. Um, I'll choose choose in the store at this point, but... Online is nice. It is. It's very convenient. (laughs) Um, Would you rather travel to Europe or Hawaii? Mm, I'm sitting here looking at the world map in front of me. Um, 
I haven't been to Hawaii and I think I would like to go there. So I'll choose Hawaii. Love it. Good. All right. And the last one is, do you prefer sunrise or sunset? That is a hard one. Um, <laughs> I'll say sunset. Sunset. I love the sunset as well. Well, this was so much fun. I really, truly appreciate you coming on my podcast and sharing all the details of your book. Please let my listeners know where they can connect with you. Well, it's really simple. My books are available on all of the major bookselling sites. Um, but you can also just go to my website, which is Lyra, L-Y-R-A, Adams.com. And if you scroll to the bottom, you'll find any links to like Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Um, if you join my mailing list from time to time, I give out freebies and things. So you can sign up there as well. But um, my, my books are available everywhere. So awesome. I hope that you'll pick this one up and, and read it and then lend it to a friend. Yes, definitely. For sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. I've loved it. I, I just hope that we didn't scare anyone away with all our talk about getting out of relationships. When, <laughs> what I want to see is them getting into the right relationship. Yes, I love that. No, so <laughs> true. It was such a pleasure having Lyra on the podcast today. I hope you guys enjoyed that and definitely be sure to check out her website for all of her books and definitely feel free to connect with me on all social media at My Naked Mindset and email me with any ideas or topics that you'd like to have me talk about. My Naked Mindset Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I love you all. Bye.